listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. Mark your calendars, folks. The American High Goal 2022 is happening this coming May 11th through 15th in Mobile, Alabama at the grounds. The American Polo Cross Association is excited to bring a, a high goal event to U.S. soil for the very first time. America's best players, along with some top international players, will be battling it out for a tremendous spectacle. Stay tuned for ways you can get involved as a sponsor or a volunteer for the event. Again, that's the American High Goal 2022, May 11th through 15th in Mobile, Alabama at the grounds. I'll see you there. Are you a Polo Cross related business? Chucka Talk has a truly global audience. To learn more about advertising here, email me at ryan at polocrossmadesimple.com. Space is limited. On this episode of Chucka Talk, you'll meet Josh LaRue, a young up and coming player from South Africa. Josh shares what a winning environment looks like and some horse training tips. We talk high goal, we talk World Cup, and some other intriguing topics along the way. Here on Chugga Talk, the goal is to shrink the pull across world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy. How's it going? Yeah, good in you. Oh, I'm good. Hey, good. I like the Nazi shirt, man. Yep, had to get all the way over there to get that. It wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah. I've played tournaments with them and I still haven't got a Nike shirt. <laughs> Don't know if we have your size, Codes. <laughs> Is that how it's going already, Joshy? <laughs> Isn't uh, Cody on the farm team? He's not actually in the in the adult team yet, right? No, no, he's definitely in the adult team. I'm just giving him a... <laughs> Cody, it's a little creepy. I can't see you very well. You Africans, <laughs> Jesus. No, we, no, the uh, power literally just came back on Massa as well. So, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, we, we're back on. Mix has gone to go get some fuel for the generator. Yeah, it seems like it happens back. every time. Yeah, no matter which not... African I'm talking to, no matter what country, I think you'd be more civilized, right? No, gotta make a plan. Exactly that. Uh, Welcome to Josh LaRue and Cody Campbell, the podcast. Uh, Cody's a veteran here, but uh, I really want everyone to get to know Josh LaRue. He's such a fine chap. So we're going to dig into his past, figure out uh, what he's been doing to uh, be successful. First, let's just start off. It's Friday, big week. What you been doing, Josh? Oh, Ra. um, Yeah, firstly, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate it. My week has been not too hectic. Uh, Gray and I have been busy breaking in some youngsters, and now I'm, I'm back home spending the weekend with my folks. They've flown in from Zim, visiting them for the weekend, and then, yeah. Where is that? Oh, I'm in Lyons River, so near Moy River. What about you, Cody? Big week? Oh, mate, I'm uh, not as exciting as Josh. Hey? I've just had work. I, you don't realize how awesome Friday is until you actually start working. Like, Everyone thinks they love Friday when they're studying, but my goodness gracious me, it's a whole new ball game when you uh, when you get to get to work. So you're just getting better at rest rather than partying. Is that how it goes? <laughs> no, no, I've uh, I've hung up on my drinking boots, Ryan. I'm getting too old for that stuff now. <laughs> uh, how old are you, Josh? I'm now 19. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Jeez, that's young. You just seem so more mature than that. I Ew. don't know about that, but thanks. Yes, yes. <laughs> Give me a little bit of your history. Your your family's from Zim. I don't want to get any of this yeah. wrong. So just tell me the whole story with the, where you started, how you got here, when you got here. So my family is originally from Zim. We were farmers up there, but I was born in South Africa and I've grown up here. I've been here my whole life. And then about six years ago, my folks started farming again in Zim. Um, yeah, haven't really looked back. I was, basically, when they go up to Zim, I go to the McClarty's and... Um, yeah, that's what I've done for the last four years or so. So you've been with Bruce for four years with the, with the family? Yeah, about four years, on and off, on and off. For, in the beginning, I would go for a week and then with Keenan and uh, another guy, Jens, and we'd spend a week there and then go home. And then one week turned into two weeks and then go for two weeks. And then before I knew it, I was there for like three-week periods and... Um, yeah. <laughs> so how did that start with, with the McClarty's? Was it sort of just Bruce was looking for for help or like an internship or how did that connection get made? I'd been playing Paracross for about two years or two seasons. Then one Sunday morning, um, Bruce phoned my dad up and said that he'd like to coach me and uh, see what kind of Paracross career I have. So ever since then, I started going, as I said, a, like a week on and then went like that. So I've kind of been under the McClarty family wing for a while now. Yeah. So you've only been playing for six years then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Six years. I can just tell you, I've been to, I've been there. I've been to the McClarty's. I've been coached by him. Probably played more polo cross than the average 50-year-old American. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By far. You and Cody both have something in common. I mean, Cody, you're from Zim as well, right? Yeah, my folks are still that side. I moved down here to study and then yeah, I got stuck here. They don't want to let me go back. Right? <laughs> There's an old Chinese proverb that says you can't ride two bulls with one ass. Do you have, do you both have dual passport <laughs> uh, no. yeah so well, yeah yeah i do i've actually got three I've, i'm zimbabwean and then i've got my south african passport and uh i've also got a british passport i hear jason webb's uh, given up so if there's an opportunity for them uh, over in the uk they can give me a call as well yeah i i have a backup plan for mexico and canada i'm getting passports well. <laughs> just get it done <laughs> I, I thought you didn't need a passport to get into Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they play there, so what we just have to uh, we just have to have twelve teams in the World Cup, and I think we could do it. So, Josh, you have this family business. You know, where do you see yourself? And I hate to put you on the spot, but in ten years, do you see yourself running that business? Ron, I would like to be farming, not in Zim. Uh, very patriotic about South Africa and um, living here. So, yeah. Uh, I'd like to be farming here in 10 years' time. Okay, awesome. But who knows? Yeah, what about you, Cody? Do you have any desires to go back? You said they won't let you back. <laughs> no, no. Um, look, I, I love Zim. Like Josh says, he's more patriotic to South Africa. I'm definitely way more patriotic to Zim. But to be honest, just where I am in my career, actually my actual career, not my podcast career, uh, I'm better off in, in South Africa at the moment in terms of room to grow. And uh, yeah, so that's why I'm still here. I'd love to go back. Uh, I'm sure, look, I'm, it's not it's not off the cards. If I, if I get offered a good job that side, then you never say never. But I'd have to be better than where I am at the moment. But yeah, I, I love them. I'd love to go back. I love the place. I love, 
the people, you know, I don't want to say that people are better than South Africans because I still have to live here for a while. But they, <laughs> they do, they do. That's my heart. So I'm sorry I lost you there for a second. Um, I'm not 100% sure what happened, but I'm back in action. Did you put yeah. the human back in the in the hamster wheel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's busy. Run faster! Pat, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some more uh, polo cross. Your time with Bruce, you're talking about breakers right now. So let's talk a little bit about horse breaking and training. So what is the process there? How old are these horses when you start working with them? And just take me from start to back to racket <laughs> to the field. Like just walk me through that process, what you guys do for that. Right, it's a long process. What we do is we bring them in when they're about two and they're just over two. And we do all the groundwork and get them, you know, a bit tamer. And then we ride them. When we got on them, we ride them. We work them for a week and then we turn them out again. Then a few months later, we bring them in again and do the same. Work them quite hard for a week or two. Give them mileage and then let them go. And then when they're about four, five, then we start doing more, you know, get a racket on them, start playing slow chuckers, get them cruising, and then, yeah, go from there. So what percentage of that time in the beginning is in the round pen versus out in the field? Yeah, I reckon it's about in, in the breaking in part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're mostly in the round pen, right? about 80% in the in the round ring, right? But then after that, when we get them cruising, we'll take them out to the sheep and, and that kind of thing quite a lot to just get some mileage on them, you know? I saw the recent video where you're sort of riding around in a, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, <laughs> you're, getting a, you're getting a lot of contact with the other horses. They're getting used to traffic. It's nice to have other yeah. people. It looks a little hectic, but it looks pretty effective. So yeah. what stage are you at with them when you get them to that point? If that is, if I had to put it in stages, it'd probably be the second stage. We've been riding them for a while now, those, that group, they're about three. And this is about the third time we've brought that group in. And what, what we're doing there, we're, um, I'm going around with the other horses as grams, work that horse that I'm on before I got on it and got it to join up basically with his with him and the horse he's on. And so I'm basically just a passenger in that video. I'm just sitting there. I'm not actually doing anything. I don't touch the reins, anything. If the horse bucks, he, he rides into me. And then otherwise he chases me around on another horse. Preferably quite a, it has to be quite a good horse to stay with the young horse. So I only re- touch the reins when when it's time to stop. So he'll back off. And then when the horse starts slowing down, then I'll pick up the reins and try and give it the right signals. And then it has to do a correct stop and roll back. And then I leave it again. Then he chases it. And then we do that. And then then we take them out with another horse. And they have to do basically the same thing where we take them out and then canter quite a lot when we're out. And then when it comes time to stop, I'll give the signals and he backs off and the horse has to shut down and basically do a perfect stop. And then from there, we just walk home. Yeah. So well, do you think there will be a point where Graham becomes a dummy rider or do you think you're always going to be in that position? to be honest i think i'm going to be in that position for a while Um, (laughs) until until i find a dummy rider where i can get on where graham is and (laughs) ride into some other young car (laughs) when when you're breaking them in and and, and backing them is there a lot of bucking or do you feel like if you do it right they're just not going to buck you know right when i first originally learned how to do it it was a bit you know it was a bit more wild you kind of chased the horse around and got on and you held on like hell and used to buck and you know get bucked off once or twice but now the the way i've learned to do it with gray and at the mcclarty's it's 
um, these last bunch didn't even buck. They do buck a little bit, but nothing, nothing life threatening, you know. Yeah, Cody, have you spent some time with the young ones, and has Bruce thrown you in there? Oh, uh, not at Bruce's. Yeah, when I go to Bruce's, it's normally on a on a drinking and polo cross excursion. So. He's, he hasn't got much time to get me on a young horse. Uh, basically, they, they, they start them quite early in the morning. Uh, so, I, yeah, not for me. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I like the way Bruce does things. I've got a, or I think she might have been the one that broke it. And I've got a, I've got a nice little horse that, that uh, Bruce bred. And obviously, he started that side. And I know Josh said that she was supernatural and just didn't give him any shit to stick and ball or anything when he first got her. So. <laughs> No, I'm joking. He said it was the hardest horse. He's a, he, she just bucked and gave him shit for like three years straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was definitely the hardest ball, to, the hardest horse to stick and ball I've ever had anything to do with. But she goes pretty good for Cody these days. So <laughs> obviously didn't do it too badly. <laughs> yeah. So that um, that stop that you you didn't get right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to stop if you're as good as Cody. Is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce has quite a, a system. I, I got to see a, just a little piece of it. You know, even my wife was in the round pen, and uh, Beth was giving her a lesson. She was she had never really cantered with confidence, so she Beth just said, "Let go of the reins." So that was great for even my wife. I really like the exercises that I was doing with you, Josh, in, in the round pen, doing sort of that horseshoe U-turn back and forth, doing the big circle to the small circle. The one that I thought was really cool was for the, the flying changes: run towards the gate as fast as you, as you can and lean the way you'd like to go and then hopefully they go that way so i've done that and it's been been pretty successful my wife and i came back and we immediately built a round pen and it's just been huge for my horses because i used to just ride out in the field i didn't have any enclosed area and it's been a major tool for me so i'd like to change gears with the training side of things let's just say instead of a breaking situation homebred or something like that or off the track a breaker i'm more interested in taking a horse that, that has already been ridden off the track or from someone else. What do you do with them right away to test them? What are you looking for? Are there a couple of things you could say that, that make them rejection? And how long do you give them before you make that Yo, decision? Right. So what hard normally works with us is in Bruce is pretty good at picking them off the track of a picture and he, he does chases breeding or the lines he does that that's the start and then he'll bring them home they get off the truck <laughs> clip its mane and we get in the ring and then on the first ride we're not too worried about how correct they are but we get in the ring and basically treat them like a horse that you're just going to get on and ride and we just get on and, and see what they've got you know so most importantly they have to have a mouth if, if they don't have a at least a half decent mouth they have to leave that they're not going to work for us that's the first thing if they have a good mouth then we go from there and see what what moves they've got how they move around in the ring and then after that then we we basically teach them to canter just to canter on a on a loose row and to settle and get more balanced you know yeah that's that big circle small circle thing and until they can do that on a loose rein we don't do anything else. Other people do it different ways, but that seems to work for, for us. And yeah, that's what the McClarty's have done for well, as long as I've been there. And the ground's very good at getting them to be balanced and then work on the stops and the rollbacks and the, you know. But for different horses, it's hard to say how much time we give them. But Bruce has always said to me, it takes three years to make a, a playing horse. No matter which way you do it, you know, you can you can rush them and 
mess them up and then you spend that time fixing them or you do it properly and it takes you three years to have a made playing horse. Look, they'll, they'll be playing within a few months, they'll be playing slow chuckers on the farm and, and where there's not a lot of pressure on the horse, but it takes three years to have a made playing horse. And it seems yeah. like with that, getting the horse just to canter on a loose rein, it seems like that that's more of a trust thing where they're trusting you not to be in their mouth. Maybe where they came from, they were more frantic, you know, do, they were acting out of pure fear. And it just, I don't know, in my mind, that's what it seems like to me. Does that sound like a good assessment as far as why you're doing that? In a way, Ron, I reckon that's half of it. And then the, the other half, you know, on the, on the racetrack, horses are taught to run, you know, they're not really taught to canter around in circles on the correct leg. They're just taught to run, you know, and run as fast as they can. Yeah, that it's just getting them to settle there. You know, to be able to go back to that uh, after, you know, like if you have a, you know, in Pocus, there can be quite a lot of galloping. And then when you're coming back to the lineup, you want your horse to just be able to settle, you know, not waste energy and be jumping around and white eyed right. and scared of everything, you know. So, yeah, it teaches them to settle and be more, balance is a big part of that cantering exercise. I'm, I'm actually doing a podcast interview with Beth in a few days. We're going to talk about horse <laughs> wel- welfare. Beth's just a great manager of horses, but what have you learned most from Beth? Beth has taught me a lot about horses, polo cross, life. <laughs> the list of stuff Beth has taught me is so long, I probably can't even name it right here, but She's uh, taught me a lot with being patient with the young horses and patient on the field. Uh, she's helped me, uh, taught me a lot of stuff actually on the veterinary side of, she, she's not a vet, but she's the best unqualified vet I know. Taught me lots about injecting horses and bandaging horses and, you know, any kind of horse welfare, managing horses. Most of that from Beth. Very grateful to, for what she's taught me. Yeah. But even just on that, sorry to, to interrupt you. Larry, uh, but I know that uh, Bruce has also mentioned with, with Beth that attributes a lot of the success that the South African World Cup sides have had to Beth and her ability to manage horses and, and get horses through hard tournaments, you know, unscathed and, and get them to the final and get horses to play the whole way through. Because, I mean, it's bloody hard to win a, a, a Polycross final when you're on your second and third horses. So it's important to have that, that sort of aspect as well. Yeah, Beth is definitely very good at the horse management, horse welfare side of of things. When I was over there, Bruce made a very impactful (laughs) statement to me. And I said, you know, I said, I'm I'm here. I'm learning a lot of things from you about coaching and different tactics and philosophies. I said, how much are you concerned that I might, you know, teach them to people or teach your your philosophies and things like that? And he said, it doesn't bother me at all. That's just one aspect of it just learning the tactics and things like that. Beyond that, you have to beat me in other ways. I will know what the other players are going to do. I will know what their horses are going to do. And he'll make the adjustments and and he'll coach the players on that. A lot of times in U.S. polo cross and and at our level, we're just trying to get the players figured out in our own tactics, but they take it to a whole nother level that is really hard to, to match and duplicate. I just think that's a huge benefit is having all those different dimensions. Not only is he going to understand you as a player, He's going to understand what the the opponents are going to do, you know, what the horses are going to do and how to match up. And then Beth comes in with this, you know, horse management as well. So I just thought that was super impactful. He, you know, it just makes Bruce, you know, such a great coach and Beth's a wonderful compliment to that. Is there any other aspects, Beth and Bruce's coaching style that you'd like to add? I mean, I've been lucky enough to play a bit with them this year on and off for the last couple of years. And they just sort of, they do manage to surround themselves with the right people like Josh, you know, they, they sort of handpicked him as a, as 
a young ball. It has been a strength of Bruce's as well to pick up, like, as, you, know, you know, youngsters like Larry who came from and show from cross country or something, and he saw something in Larry on a young age. And as yeah, you know, when we saw him as you know, the young Kudu ball, he didn't have much going for him. But now he's, that's what Bruce has done very well. Managed to surround himself with talent. He, he obviously don't take me don't get me wrong. He's unbelievable as a coach, but he has managed to to pick and choose the right people to surround himself to have that success. Like a Travis, Tim, Yanni, Graham, obviously Larry and. Keenan and this badge coming through as well. Right, yeah. I was just going to say, um, when you're around Bruce and, and Beth, they're very good at getting, at making a, a winning environment. So Beth will have the horses waxed. And, you know, with Bruce, whenever you ride on the field, you, you're riding on with a with a game plan and a, a plan to follow. And you also know roughly what the other team is going to do, what their horses are going to do, what their go-to moves are. Bruce is extremely good at at finding out what their weaknesses are and what their strengths are and explaining to you what you're playing against and, and how to handle it. I was a part of the, the junior camp weekends, and I know that Cody's been a part of them. A lot of the top players in, in the Nazi club will join in and take part in the Chukkas, and that's a huge benefit to those younger players to get to play with players like you. One of the things that I recognized uh, in that environment, and you know, even mentioned this, that it's got to be fun that has to be a fun, relaxed environment. He's not constantly yelling. Everyone's having a blast. He picks a few things and works on them with each player, but he's not constantly yelling or nagging or anything like that. And he lets the players try things in practice so that they become more natural and more comfortable as opposed to you being afraid to try something in practice. He just sort of lets the game flow, creates a really fun environment for learning and then on top of that, you throw in the number of chukkas that are being played with the number of horses. You grow so fast as a player. What else about those weekends would you point out as being the recipe for success? Those weekends are always a lot of fun and a lot of banter, but it's also a great place to get young horses going because, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on the players as you were saying you know it's a fun relaxed environment where people are trying to improve their skills and work on things it's a really nice place to bring in some young horses and get them going yeah working on if you have a set move that you want to work on or something like that those weekends are well for me i find are the ideal weekends to work on them you know because if you want to try a different technique and catching in the lineup or whatever if the person next to you catches a ball, it's really not the end of the world, you know. It's a good place to work on your technique and and your young horses. I think for me, it's the, it's the horses as well. I went across on a while ago now. So it feels like the other day, but it was a while ago. Just for the a young horse that I brought up from, from Zim, I hadn't played a hell of a lot. I think it had like four or five chuckers in it max. You know, you go to, you go to Bruce's and over three days or two days, you get, you know, 16, 18 chuckers and not necessarily into the same horse, but, you know, you're playing a hell of a lot of polo cross. So you manage to focus a lot on, on that young horse and, and get it, get it doing what you need it to be doing in an environment. And like, I mean, you know, just to add on to what Josh said, they're, they're sort of really good at making a winning environment and uh, the people that are there aren't going to bash you around. And, you know, if, if you are in a young horse, they're happy to let you, let you pass by if you, you need a bit of confidence and it's, it's it's just a nice a good environment to go in and um 
you know, it's a fun weekend and it's always a, a good bunch of people that go across. It's hard to get upset when you get upset internally, but when a 10 year old beats you in the lineup and flies past you yeah. and scores, <laughs> um, it'd be inappropriate to get mad. So yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I was just fortunate to be able to be a part of two consecutive weekends. And so definitely a shout out to the Kings. You know, I talk about the farm system. Can you explain that for me? Because I know that there's a, uh, another club that the kids typically play at and then move up to Nayati. Ra, it, I don't think it was planned to work like that. Um, Paddock was originally, it's still a separate club, um, although it's all kind of run under one roof now. But it, it was always a separate club to Inyati. And Inyati always, it's only become a bigger club recently. It wasn't always a big club, nor was Paddock. Yeah, Paddock club kind of slowed down and it was only really the Kings and the Clarsons left and the Bungies who, yeah. So it was only really left with three families. So for Keenan to play in Highgold Polo Cross, he came to Inyati and then I think I think Ollie King is now playing in for Nyati as well. So it's the the younger kids that are now at Paddock, but Nyati also has their local kids that are you know the likes of the Defrankers and and a few other farm kids around that area. It doesn't really work like that. It it, it seems like it worked out like that now. <laughs> I mean, I had some of those practices um, at Bruce's with the farm kids. COVID, the other sports weren't happening. So Bruce capitalized and brought in some of those local kids, has developed them pretty fast, a good short period of time. So it seems like, yeah, like you said, Nauti Juniors, is uh, they're growing, but it's just great to have a nice, I call it a farm system, to be able to develop juniors. They have a place to play, kids their age. But then when you look at the young Ollies and Lollies out there that are 14 and 16 year olds. They really are playing um, incredible polacross, those two Girls, Ollie yeah. and Lolly and Graham are forced to be reckoned with at the moment in South African polocross. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a question from uh, Ollie that she said, uh, did you like playing with Ollie, Lolly and Graham at SA Champs? But I think she, um, you didn't play with her. You lost to her. Um, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to mention that. On, on, yeah. Hey, that's not me. That's her question. I had to ask. Might have Brian didn't know I was going to. Dealing with uh, adversity and learning from your mistakes. Walk us through that last chukka. Ah, uh, yes. You know, um, uh, we were up when we rode on, and uh, that's the not so lack of part on on my side. At the end of the day, they just they controlled the line outs and got more ball than us. You know. And the team that gets the most ball and, and makes the least mistakes wins. Uh, and that's what they did that day, you know. Graham has a, a huge big match temperament. Um, so he arrived for that chucker. Yeah, so the girls did as well. And on the day, they got more ball than us. So do you think at some point uh, you might be able to tell the world what Graham's kryptonite is? I mean, can you ever get into his head or is it when he decides... He decides and there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Graham's kryptonite is easy to work out. So it's cane and cream soda. <laughs> I thought it was brandy and coke. Oh, whatever's well, closest. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, uh, to me, he's one of the hardest players to play against because, you know, nothing really seems to phase him. And, and even if it is bothering him, you won't know about it. He's a great vision for the game and he's a good horseman. So always hard playing against him. But in the same you know, center or whatever. I always want to play against them because one of the best players in the world, if not the best, and that's how you get better playing against people who are better than you, you know? 
any opportunity I get to play against them, I take it on, you know? I want to talk about what I'm guessing is the greatest team you've played on, but I might be wrong. I'm just curious, is the Land Rover high goal from 2019 with Gavin, Travis, Lance, Graham, Jimmy, and Andrew the best team you've ever played on? That is by far the best team I've ever played in Raw and definitely a highlight in my polacross career playing in that having the honor of playing in that team at that level of polacross you know is there anything that you distinctly remember from that final or that experience that weekend apart from catching the ball like 20 times <laughs> um it was it was my first high goal the first first two games you know everything happens at that level of polacross everything happens so quickly i remember in the first line-out, we rode into the line-out and they threw the ball in. And before I could even work out what was happening, my team had already scored. <laughs> I was still looking for the ball. Uh, but managed to click on to what was happening quite quickly and uh, was an awesome weekend. Just remember how extremely fast the polacross is at that level, you know? Were you on the same section the whole time or you just slotted in there? With different sections. I played with Graham and Travis the whole time throughout the tournament, yeah. So were you the two the whole time? Or... Yes, I played two the whole time. So you're a 17-year-old playing your first high goal, came out with a big win, and it sounds like you were pretty significant from what Cody said, snapping all those balls, right? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that, but yeah, it, it, um, it was awesome to get the win. Josh, I'm pretty sure you've got a, a, a trophy at home with like MVP or best two or whatever it is. Uh... Somewhere there. So pre- you can't have gone too badly, mate. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, I didn't play against you, but that's uh, probably why you went through with the best two. <laughs> probably Cody. exactly why. Cody, what team were you on that year? <laughs> the, not the one in the final, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, um, I played for, the, for with Keenan and Jens and uh, that crowd for, for actually for the Kings and like a, a sort of makeshift side towards the end. So we didn't, uh, I don't think we did as well as Seb might have thought we were going to. <laughs> just being in, in an event like that and speaking of that we're having the american high goal here next may 11th through 15th in alabama if we can you know get the sponsorship sorted we have big plans that for that for our very first high goal an unprecedented event top polo cross we've ever had the top of our sport the top players have risen in, in their level of play uh, we're still a very small organization we're not extremely deep in this country with top players but the top is, is getting better and better. And so we want to have players internationally to come here and play with us. And our format's going to be four mixed sides. There will be a man and a woman international player on each team. We're really mimicking the high goal in South Africa. We're going to do a, a ball on Wednesday night and two games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday sort of a polo-style event, getting as many fans as we can, creating that spectacle. So, Josh, if if we can get the funds together, would you would you come and play in our high goal? I would absolutely love to come and play, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's a very exciting thing that you're getting that tournament together. And yeah, it's a great idea and I'd love to come. All right. You and Cody, when you first come to the States, what are you most excited? What are you going to do first if you come here? <laughs> Yo. How far are you from Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> If I could, if I could get there, we could go on like a five-day bender. That'd be great. Like that movie, the I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, The Hangover. Yeah, <laughs> I've based yeah. my life loosely on it. Yeah. yeah, you would be that guy, Alan. Sorry, going on topic. <laughs> no, he, he's the mushroom. He's the mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley Cooper. I was like, uh, I'm slightly better looking the black. 
we'd have to put a GPS unit on Cody because he'll be in Vegas. We may never see him again. Who's going to be your handler? I think Vicky. I don't know if Vicky would, would enjoy a week there with you. <laughs> I can guarantee you Vicky wouldn't enjoy a week with me in Vegas. <laughs> no, probably I'm strapped me to, to Ross or Larry and uh, send me on my way. No, I'm, I'm just curious what would uh, you what you would be excited to do or buy because when the Aussies came on junior tours, uh, number one, they they don't sell uh, chewing tobacco in Australia. So we would immediately make them swallow it and they would puke that up. <laughs> Way back in the late 90s, Lance and Hayden were on a tour. And I think it was Lance chewing tobacco spitting on the back of Hayden's jacket. Way back. <laughs> like This is like the mid 90s. That's how old I am. I had to play against them. We call them Nikes, but they call them Nikes. So they would buy Nikes. They'd buy Wrangler jeans because they were more affordable here. I don't know. I'm just curious if you guys had thoughts like that or if they're there's a perception of America that you're romanticized because you watch our movies like The Hangover. Probably the, the boots. The boots? Yeah, I'll probably boots be the first thing I bought. Mm. <laughs> I'm lucky enough that I've actually played a pair of American pull-on boots. So <laughs> you'd find me at the rodeo. I'd definitely like to see one of those American cowboys getting bucked off. Uh, and I'd also, <laughs> I'd also really like to go to one of those cutting horse, I don't know what you call it, a show or an event. But I'd definitely like to see some of those top cutting horses in action, <laughs> if I could. Down in Alabama, there's, ton of, there's just a ton of that. that. We can make that easily happen for you. We could also put you on a sheep and do some mutton busting because you have to start it with <laughs> sheep and then you move up from there. That, yeah. that sounds like a good time. Um, <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It could well if we can get cody over on a ship or something we can get him over here somehow <laughs> smuggle him in yeah he, we could definitely have him help announce i don't know he might be more of a liability worth <laughs> oh absolutely uh, I will absolutely be a liability. But it's fine. If you, I'll send you guys my bank details. You can sort out of the tickets and uh, we'll make a plan. We're trying to get sponsors like Tito's and uh, we'll have uh, a beer garden and VIP tents and all that stuff. So maybe that's the place. That sounds to like a lot of fun. <laughs> last year, last time, America was very good at, at, at sensationalism and getting a... Uh, Massive events together. I mean, you, you do watch those, like like um, Joshua was saying, those PBR radios and stuff. They've taken something essentially quite humble. Like a radio is not not necessarily the biggest event. They've turned it into something unbelievably huge. And just, you know, it's watched all over the world. And there's Netflix series about it. And it's, it's unreal what Americans can do if you give them enough time and money. With all the aerotechnics and the lights, we're so bad in America that wow. last year there was a forest fire started in California from a gender reveal. Someone <laughs> lighting off something. That's hectic. And I say that as a warning because my wife and I are, are pregnant. Oh, yes, yeah, congratulations, Brian. That's awesome oh, news, thank, man. Thank you. Thank Sorry, you. Man, I, I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean uh, to say congratulations as we started, but I was, I was in a rush because I was a little bit late. So. I, was waiting, I was waiting in a break and play there to um, <laughs> jump in and say that. <laughs> yeah, and because of the way, because we did IVF, which is called in vitro fertilization, we actually know the gender that we transferred really? into, into my wife. You might know about embryo transfers and things like that with horses. Uh, we do know the gender and we're going to do a re reveal next week. What's that? Oh. Go with? What would you say? <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do DNA <laughs> testing for sure. <laughs> I didn't get a phone call, so you obviously went for something budget. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're both there on the ground, we 
we did hear some credible sources that say the World Cup is being delayed. Um, I've heard murmurs of it, Ryan. I haven't heard anything. I, I don't think anything's been put on paper. I think it's, I mean, it's, it could happen. Put it that way. For me, it, it would make sense if it happened. Just because, for a few reasons, I mean, it's 2021 now. We had half a season, or you reckon, Larry, probably about half a season, eh? Yeah, yeah. So it sort of puts us, uh, when I say us, I mean South Africa, in terms of getting horses together and getting horses ready. You know, it's a, it's a massive, a massive uh, event, and you need a hell of a lot of horses. And you need, you need those horses to have played reasonable polo cross for a couple of years before, it's not really fair or it's not really possible putting in young horses that have played one season. I mean, there's a couple of freaks that you could, but not not a hell of a lot of horses that you can just whack in. And, you know, they play 2022 and then you want them to play 2023 in the World Cup. I think you might struggle for horses. And then on the other side of it, players and, and people wanting to play really good part across the whole way through. You need two years as a team to practice. And you need, I know like a couple of countries overseas haven't had a massive season. So they're not going to be wanting to go into a World Cup, you know, half cooked. I know Zimbabwe had like two tournaments this year. You don't really want to be selecting teams or getting teams together on two tournaments a year, probably giving them a bit more time. Over here in the States, we pretty much had a full season. It's still only, you know, eight to 10 tournaments. So it's still not, nothing, nothing major, but we probably had, we had half a season last year because we're America, you know, we're just going to play anyways. And uh, we're going to spread COVID. <laughs> we're going to spread COVID. We're going to be the first with the vaccine. Maybe we'll give some to you if we have some extras. <laughs> I know that the UK has picked their short list, eight and eight. I'll be honest, I heard Pikey and, and Jason have pulled out. So, I mean, it leaves a massive hole in their, in their side. So they'll probably want a bit more time as well. Was this inside scoop from the Polkrass Bible? No, um, yeah, but I mean, it was from, from not necessarily the Polkrass Bible, but blokes that were on the shortlist got emails saying, you know, Pikey and, and Jason have pulled out. I don't know if that's public knowledge yet, but now it is, I suppose. <laughs> well, that's sad. That's sad because they're phenomenal player yeah i really like those two we just got our notification yesterday we've had this development team development squad for the year and we've picked the eight and eight the short list but what we're going to do is leave a couple open slots for people to move in and out since it's been delayed sort of the short list but it's not the final short list it just gives some flexibility for the coach so we're working towards world cup in that in that respect he's that coach, um, coaching us coach. here right rob shuttles yeah he's a really good coach <laughs> he's been in every world cup there's one he didn't play at been doing a great job with the squad we we had 28 players men and women total on the development squad and we had four different events this year four weekends where we had training camps after the tournament on the monday had a whole committee help make final selection after nationals but that was sort of a last look at players before making the short list. Who's on the list, Ryan? I don't know if I can announce it. We haven't really announced. We'll put it on our social media when we're ready, but I'm on it. I'll, I will say that. Okay, hey, congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, like man. I'm having a kid in May, so we'll see what happens after that. Still hanging on. How how well you play with no sleep. <laughs> yeah, hanging on. Be out there with the kids, you know, out there on the field. I really feel like I learned a lot when I was in South Africa and I was starting to apply things and just getting a better feel for the game. I got to play a few chuggers with Josh and Josh was very frustrated. I, he didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. I started to get a handle on sort of your style of play I, I talk a lot about our spread defense the one marks the one the two to the two and the three holds on to the three rather than the three running to the one three marks that of the three has the one come back and then swap does that make sense that whole spread defense that from the line out of the line out the, the other three okay, gets it yeah. your three holds the three instead of running okay, directly yeah. to the one 
you're one, Mark's the other one, so they can't get the pass. I was learning a lot of that. So I'm actually, I felt like I was improving over the year, which is hard to say for someone that's 40, playing for 30 years, hanging on there. Yeah, you can still teach old dogs new tricks, huh? Exactly. Where is the South African squad at, Josh? Like, what, are there letters um, going to players, or is it still up in the air as far as a short list? Sorry, Larry, I'll... Yeah, obviously, probably no, no, more than I, yeah, I do think that uh, I don't think there's anything formal being announced, as far as I know. But there are definitely movements. You can sort of see where things are going from an outsider's point of view. There's nothing formal being made, and there's still a lot of time. Like I mean, it's, it's especially for the for these younger kids. Like I said, you know, these, these young bulls, Keenan and, and Chad and Joshi and all those kids, they've got a lot of time to grow as, as people and, and players in the next year. I, I dare say nothing will be announced until next year, until, and we see, because you've also got, I mean, on the girls' side, Ollie and Lolly are playing, and then there's a couple of younger kids that are, you know, like one year behind Ollie and Lolly. That'll, Ollie has shown how much you can grow as a player when you're that sort of age. It's definitely, it's far from done. There's lots of young players, you know, between that and 14 and 25-year-olds, 26-year-old bracket. You know, it could all, all put the hand up and, and go for it. So it's exciting to see, you know, polo cross go. I'm not necessarily polo cross grow, but the amount of talent that there is in South, in South Africa, in Africa in general, like all, even, all the way up to Zambia, there's a lot of good young players. So it's nice to see. Do you think similar things are going to happen you don't have to get into specific players. Players like Pikey and Webby, you know, sort of the veteran players not playing. Is that going to happen at this next World Cup, do you think? Or is it going to be sort of uh, tough to break into the, that squad? Do you mean in the South African team? Right? Yeah, the South African side, yeah. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say because at the end of the day, I think they pick the best team that's available, you know? I think in South Africa, it depends on who of the big guns are going to be available and who isn't, you know? I know you're a very humble type guy, Josh, but where do you see yourself fitting in on the team? If everything goes the way you'd like it to go and you're playing the same rate that you're playing now and you're in a great system, where do you see yourself fitting on, on the squad if you were on the top four and playing at the World Cup? Look, Ra, it's, it's no secret that I'm trying to make the World Cup team and would really love to play for South Africa. But yeah, it's nothing set in stone yet and I, I haven't made the team, so it's hard to say. But uh, I'm quite happy to play. As long as I'm playing, I'm happy. It doesn't matter where, where I am. Obviously, I'd love to be on the team, but nothing's announced yet. So yeah, not on the team yet. Okay, and here's, here's another question. See if you can sort of follow. But we talk about these uh, veteran players that you know we're going to kind of wait and see if they're playing, if they're not. Do you think that, I mean, I obviously believe, especially when you look at the likes of Lolly and Ali, that some of these uh, veteran players are being pressured and, and beaten and, uh, you know, they can be dethroned, right? I can definitely see that happening from my perspective. But do you think there's a lot of pressure on some of these veteran players to keep sharp? Or do you think that I think it is, right? But I think it's a good thing. I, I don't, I, don't, I just think like comfortability, or oh, something word, is comfortability a word? Um, <laughs> Ask Vicky. Comfort's a word I was looking for, but comfort just breeds, you don't want to, you don't want to, no one tries as hard if they're comfortable, like they think they can't be taken out, they're not going to put in 100%, human nature says they won't. So it's good that you've got the young guns coming through and putting a bit of pressure on some of the, oh, I don't want to say older, because I mean, even you're talking specifically about the girls, but even the girls that played in the last World Cup are still relatively young. But it's nice to see a couple of young guns coming through and putting the pressure on and making the likes of Nats and Jackie and Lee and Kaylee all have to work a little bit harder to, to stay on top. At the end of the day, if Ollie and Lolly don't make the side, they're going to make the rest of the girls, the four girls that do make 
playmaker. They're going to make them as good as, as they could possibly be uh, in, in that time frame. And the same as the boys. Like, if you've got, say, arguments, like he's seen the same four boys as he sent last time, but you've got Joshi and Chad Keenan and those youngsters coming through and putting on a whole lot of pressure on those older boys to be good and to be as 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 well prepared as they can be going to the World Cup. And I think that's probably why Australia does well consistently is because they've got a mass amount of competition throughout the year. They're always <laughs> pushed to, to stay on top. I'm going to make a political statement. I don't know if it's going to go very well, but I believe <laughs> that it's not going to be the same team at the next one for the South Africans. And I'm just a silly American. I do believe that these young players are going to really give them a lot of pressure. And it might only be half of the players in the, in the last one at the most. From what I've seen, from the system that I've seen, from the players coming up two and a half years from now, oh my gosh, the, the level is going to go even further up. I think it'd be pretty hard to keep your spot if you're on the last team. So yeah, that's sort of how, that's what I feel. I think, yeah, and I, that's, and I do agree with you, but I think it's it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. And I do think that, like you said, that the, the standard is going to skyrocket from here just because the, the level of competition is a bit stronger than, well, I, I think it's probably unfair of me to say that the, the, the levels, the, the, the competition's higher or harder than it was four years ago. Probably, probably isn't. But South Africa's in a, in a weird position at the moment. Just because they have got, I mean, this year, I don't want to call them old because they're not old, but they the older blokes like like the James Hackland and, and Gavin Cocker, Gordon Shaw, Andrew Haynes. Oh, I'm forgetting anyone. Vicky's shrugging his shoulders. But um, there's a, that sort of bracket. Henny Harris played in the, in the, with them in the, in the high goal. That sort of generation... Who they're all in they're older than me, but they're not old. But they're still playing phenomenal polo cross. I mean, like James Hackland. If you want to watch people get worked up, tell them that James Hackland is a seven handicap because they just go wild. Because he's he's he's, taking, he's playing phenomenal polo cross. He's is an eight if I've ever seen one. Those kind of blokes are good for polo cross, and they're not they're not the youngsters, but they are still you know putting a lot of pressure on. And I think. If they put their names in there, you know, I don't think they're, they're far off the off the pace or they're definitely with the pace. I don't think they're far off a call up. The Hacklins definitely are. They did wonderful things coaching our team. But at the very least, they show that age doesn't really matter when it comes to physicality. They're just specimens of human beings. So that's what that's what it's going to require for the old blokes like like me to, to make the team. I can't ignore that side of things, the physical side, staying sharp and all that. Um, I definitely agree with that. The other thing is part of the reason that there's been sort of less development team action is sort of from the top that the coach hasn't been named and uh, there's a lack of leadership there. Or is it just still in committee? And is either you're willing to talk on this or you're worried about getting shot? Um, no, I'm not really worried. Obviously, it's, it's common knowledge that Bruce resigned from the coaching position they haven't announced the next world cup coach i don't know if that has anything to do with it but all right that was a good political answer i mean i that that makes sense you know they've got to have a coach and yeah i'm, I'm less i'm probably less um diplomatic than, than josh here and I've, I've got less to lose or less to gain or you know i'm less I'm less involved than, than josh because it's purely because i'm not actually south african <laughs> i do think that bruce is silly if you if you say that he's not the best coach in the world because he, he's just proven several times over the, year, couple, the last couple of years, that he is, again, if not the best, he's close to it. I really hope, for Polacross sake, he does change his mind or that Parsa manages to to convince him to come back. Or I don't know if, I don't, I don't know what the ins and outs are, but I do hope for Polacross sake that he's involved in the World Cup in some way, just because he's he's got such a phenomenal Polacross brand and, you know, he's, he's sort of devoted his life to, to the sport and, you know, 
you know, you know, sometimes it you it causes a bit of causes a bit of waves if you if you're that involved. But I do hope he he, he comes back just because of I do have a lot of respect for him as a as a coach and as a as a Polacross and as one of the senior members of Polacross. But yeah, I do think that I wouldn't say there's a lack of a lack of leadership or anything like that in terms of within PASA. I think that the structures that are in in there now at the moment, the presidents and people that are helping the president and the people that are around him, he's done this Manfred Roa. I never get his surname right, but I think it's pronounced like that. <laughs> he's managed to surround himself with a hell of a lot of strong people and and good people for PASA. So I don't think it's a lack of, of leadership. I do think at the moment there's, I, I can't say for sure, but if I was in this position, I'd probably be a bit panicked having lost someone like like Bruce and having to now replace him. And there are some people that could take the job, but I dare say they won't be as good as Bruce. I think everyone... Well, most people would agree with that. This has been great. I just wanted to finish up with some questions, fun questions, if that's okay, Josh. Just be a good sport about all this. Yeah. Because I did ha- I did reach out to see if some people would ask some questions. And yeah, just, just bear with me here. The Kings, what are you going to do when you grow up? <laughs> oh, that's quite a The beautiful. Kings from the car asked this uh, in a <laughs> today. Yeah, what are you going to do when you grow up? Well, on Podocross side, um. I'd like to be a fantastic polo cross player. In life side, I'd like to be farming, you know? Yeah. Okay. Same with you, Cody. They wanted to know about you, your life. What am I going to do when I grow up? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to Vegas. Vicky, let me go to Vegas. I'll go. And I have an anonymous question from Anonymous. Cody, when are you getting married? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I even heard Vicky laughing there. <laughs> 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 yeah, just that boys. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, that's quite a that's quite a lot of qu- a question. I mean, it can't be too far <laughs> off, I suppose. Uh, I need to grow up at some point. You don't have to be a grown up to get married. <laughs> that's true. That is true. You just have to find a good woman, and it seems like you found one. The rest is easy. <laughs> yeah, um, so the marriage is easy <laughs> from there. You're already married. Just get it done. Yeah, that's me. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Josh, so these. Married, wait, we'll, we'll get Sorry, to Josh and re- we'll get to Josh in relationship. Just hold on for that. Okay. Oh, hey, so um, these are from Bruce and Beth, and you know when they say jump, you say how high. These are quick fire questions. <laughs> You've got to answer these quickly. So imagine Bruce has you in the round pen with a stock whip. You've got to answer within a few seconds, and you're going to get a lashing. All right. Quick fire answer. You have to answer these quickly. All right. Dog or cat? Dog. Mountains or sea? Mountains. Cousins or friends? Friends. But my cousins aren't listening. <laughs> Ma- mares or fillies? Mares. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> mares oh, oh actually, good ones. It doesn't matter which ones. As long as okay. they're good. Good ones. <laughs> Chestnuts or bays? <laughs> bays. Yeah, that's the correct answer. The bays. All right. That's it for the quick fire question. Graham asked, do you still like girls with red hair? <laughs> yes, I've told that man this a million times. No. <laughs> Can you tell me why you don't trust redheads? Because my dad taught me not to trust redheads. So do you have a reason for that? Um, you know, Brian, uh, as you get older, you learn a couple of lessons. And I think Josh, he's learned lessons. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. You know, they say, um, they always say, if you see a pretty chestnut mare with a white face and, and four long socks, keep walking, you know? Well, I didn't keep walking. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you got trod on, you got kicked in the nuts. Yeah, that one. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Only happens once. <laughs> only happens once, though, right, Josh? Exactly. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, these are my questions. These have to do with relationships and the dating pool. I need you to tell me which which one you are, and I'll repeat them for you. Okay, this is about the dating pool because you're a, you're a young buck. You're uh, quite the catch. Is it a that the dating pool is so small? that it's hard to find your person. B, is it so small, but it's good to be one of the few young bucks out there. Like they don't, women don't even have a huge choice. Uh, is it C, it's so small, all the good ones are taken. Is it D, you found a good one, but you're still courting them. Or is it E, you're looking outside of pull across only. All right, so let me repeat. I don't know if you, do you need a repeat on those? Um. Yeah, hey, this is tricky. Um, <laughs> we can we can agree it's a small dating pool, right? Which one was B again? I think I think B is it's so small. It's good to be one of the limited amount of top dudes. No, that sounds um trashy. Uh, <laughs> that sounds desperate. Okay, so not that one. But to be honest, Ryan, um, Josh is a, uh, Josh is a young kid. <laughs> wait, wait, let let Cody. Yeah, what did you say, Cody? I was just saying, Joshy is a young kudu bull, and the fences in Ladysmith are low, so he manages <laughs> to uh, to fly around farms there. I think. All right, so that that's that's answer E, but I, I need an honest answer uh, here. Uh, is it hard to find the right person? Uh, all the good ones are taken. You found a good one, but you're still working on them. Can I add an answer if? <laughs> uh oh. Because. To be honest, for the last while, I've actually been more focused on polycross and life than girls, to be 100% honest. And uh, I'm trying to keep it that way. Mm, discipline. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe one day we'll get the real answer out of you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, love how, I love how Beth and Bruce came in with like a, a nice coded question there. And Graham's is like, do you like Reddit? <laughs> 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 uh, oh, that man. So, ladies out there, you know, one of the top young bucks in the world, you really have to work for Josh. You're really going to have to work for him. That's all right. He doesn't want it to be easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Appreciate those oh, answers. Josh, I mean, th those weren't easy. I'm sure, you're sweating a little bit. Um, <laughs> that answer you gave about sort of being asexual, uh, celebra celibate, that's sort of like the Miss USA pageant where they give, like, <laughs> I want to save the world. You know, I'm gonna, it's a, it's a, it's a good diplomatic answer. That's for sure. Yes. But no, no, it does reflect. I mean, you have a good character, so I have a lot of, I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> so that's it for the tough questions. Now I'm just curious for both of you, what you're excited about for the summer. Yeah, so I haven't been home that, that much this year, just obviously with, with everything happening. So I'm quite keen to, to get back to Zim in December. Obviously, I'll still go work until December, but I am quite keen to get back, see some family and go do some fishing. <laughs> when you go back, are there, what animal are you most concerned about? Um, I guess, are there Chase water not. buffalo? Are there, <laughs> are there, I know that there's the Cape, I know there's the Cape Buffalo. They've beaten the hippo for number of deaths, right? Are there? So, yeah. That, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's recent thing, and you wouldn't know because you didn't go on the safari that I went on in July. But yeah, are, do you have any concerns about any animals in Zim more than you would in South Africa? So Vix came home with me in December last year. We went to a, a jeweler that's that side, and he's quite he's quite well known, and he does a lot of wildlife sort of stuff. And at the time, Vix was favorite animals an elephant. So anyway, I kitted it out with a hell of uh, all this. Uh, all the silver jewelry with Ellie's all over the show. And then we went on a couple of safaris. And I've, I promise you, it was like they knew she was coming. I've never seen that many elephants chase a human being in my entire life. Every corner we went around, a bloody elephant tried to kill it. I spent a heap of money on, on jewelry with all these Ellie's. And now she hates elephants. 
Uh, what about you, Josh? What are you gonna? What are you up to this summer? Raw. My family has just bought a, a farm closer to home here in Lines River, so I'm moving pretty soon. It's a new exciting venture in, in my life. But other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to spending time with family and friends, and I'm sure there'll be some coaching clinics at the NAP or the McClarty's, uh, and yeah, looking forward to all of that. Is there a point in the summer where you the horses get a break, where you get a break, or are you just going full out the whole time? So the, the main horses are, uh, what we say, turned out already, but they, they're not really turned out. They're just not in work. So I'm, I think not long, and we'll give them horse, put them into horse sickness a bit. The main horses are out already. At the moment, we're working youngsters, but I should think around Christmas time, it'll slow down, you know? Yeah, Bruce said yeah. that it was pretty hot the other day, and he's sort of managing from inside. Do you find he's kind of missing in action? He's more inside these days than normal? <laughs> um, I don't know. When, you, when you're in the arena working a young horse, it's, it's pretty hard to keep Bruce away from there, to be honest. So. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, you'll find him there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this is a lot yeah. of fun. I really appreciate both of you for being on here. Yeah. Thanks for being a good sport, Josh. <laughs> Thank you, Ra. Thank you for having me and Codes. I appreciate it, mate. Oh, anytime, Larry. Yeah. You know, I, I just think that there's a lot of good gems to take from our conversation, a lot of things to learn. You brought a lot with the horse training and just sort of, you know, your experiences. So I think there's a lot that people can take away from this conversation. And we'll have this forever. You know, we'll have this conversation in a library where you can look back. Where was Josh when, when he was single? <laughs> <laughs> what are yeah. your big plans for this weekend? Real quick before we hang out. It's actually my mom's birthday this weekend. Oh, so, right. yeah, we'll be uh, raising a glass to her. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's about it on my side. About you, Kurt. Um, it's actually Vicky's sister's birthday on s- tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so we're going across there on Sunday morning to have a, a bit of a bra, I think. Well, probably not a bra, um, but yeah, food. Yeah, <laughs> you, you really can't propose on the same day. It would dilute the situation. So at least wait till Sunday, you know. Someone's going to take all, yeah. the, all the fire. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, I've been, uh, I think uh, Vicky would probably cut my head off if i didn't send her to go get her nails done before before i got it for the photos i've never let me to him on instagram as much as vicky so <laughs> she's gonna hit you but um my wife makes me take several takes as well so she says smile none of my smiles are natural because it's like the third take but i do it because i love her you just you can't just stop lucky that you're in the photos because most of the photos i have to take are i was me holding the camera and vicky posing um so. <laughs> 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 you're shaking it would be nice so I, I better go eat before she throws my food away okay <laughs> We'll be, uh, you know, keep in touch. You know, I love to have a conversation over the, what will be the winter for me. It's sort of the off season. So yeah, if we can, you know, have more conversations, maybe we get Graham on here or Natalie or Paula or something like that. Some characters, you know, let me know. If you, if you manage to get Graham on, I'll, I'll be happy to come tell some stories. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Be, also, Larry, you're awesome. welcome for not telling any of your stories. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well, I'm going to say okay, thank Lekka. Thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate I'm it. i say Lekka because I, I don't normally say that, but now that I'm, I've am i been to Africa and I'm wearing Nayati, I can say it. Lekka, boys. Yeah, yeah. Lekka. yeah well done. <laughs> All right. Have a good Cheers weekend. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you see what I see in Josh. 
a hard-working young polo cross player wise beyond his years, a fun magnetic personality that people want to be around, and a definite World Cup team contender. Cheers to him for putting up with myself and Cody on the call. Cheers to the future for you, Josh. Here on Chugga Talk, we appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail Sidebar button on PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. For more Polacross coaching, go to PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one.